0: Let the games begin. You know, I didn't come here to preach to you today, but you know that boy is good, good and terrible. Did you see the memo about this? I got a message for all of them. Ready? Shake and bang. I play for Keith. That just happened. happened. Boom! And just like that, welcome to the world-famous Say F It podcast, episode 138. That's right, 138. I'm Gary Scott, and as always, thank you for listening. I'll be taking you on a movie journey. Just sit back, relax, and I will do everything else. Let me see. This week I have Concrete Cowboy, The New Mutants, The Circle Season 2, and... Oscar previews yes yes this is my time of year I just get so excited with what's going on who's going to win who's who's going to take home that golden statue I have all of that and the message of the week but before I do any of that you know how it goes you got to make sure you log on say effort.com s-a-y-e-f-f-i-t.com you can send me an email Gary Scott at say I'm on all social platforms at say effort S A Y E F F I T. And wherever you get your podcast or your audio on demand, I'm there. It's real simple. You go to say it, You like me, subscribe to me, do what you need to do. So you do not miss an episode. Now that I've taken care of that First up, Concrete Cowboy, which is rated R, has a running time of about an hour and 53 minutes. And this stars Idris Elba, Caleb McLaughlin, Jarrell Jerome, and Method Man. And this was also, it was produced by Lee Daniels and Idris Elba as well. And I heard about Concrete Cowboys from some of the groups and the platforms that I'm on. And I was really looking forward to getting to see this particular film because it was an indie project, and I'm starting to get more passionate about independent projects because there's so much, not only just diversity, but really unique stories that are being told. So I hear about Concrete Cowboy, then Netflix has it, so I go to watch it and I was just it just drew me in. Because it's about a rebellious teenager who's from Detroit and he just absolutely just keeps getting into trouble. His mom is just fed up and so she takes him to live with his father for the summer in Philly. Now when he gets there, it's a bit different from what's going on in Detroit because his father, who he doesn't have a really good relationship with, is a cowboy and has a horse staying in the house. And I know it sounds absolutely crazy, but... What's even crazier is that this is actually based on a true story. And that's how, like, that brought me in even more because it's about real black cowboys in Philadelphia, people that are raising horses. And all of that is just a story you really don't hear too many stories about black cowboys, let alone black cowboys in Philadelphia. Because I know if I asked anybody, they wouldn't link. Cowboys in Philadelphia together because you just don't think of that in such a big, highly populated urban epicenter. But this story hit on so many things. Not just it was based on a true story, but it was almost a coming of age story as well because you have this kid who is just... Totally rebellious. And a lot of times when that happens, you get young kids that just need some structure. Because when you're young, just be honest, we don't know anything about structure when you're young. Because you just want to do what you want to do when you want to do it. And you're not understanding what's down the road. So structure is good. Because I know there's a book, and it's by Jocko Willinick, and it's called... Discipline equals freedom. And I know when you're hearing that, you're like, well, discipline equals freedom. But if you think of it like this, when you have the discipline to do what you need to do, it frees up, whether it be time or resources, because I know for me, when I was in college and there would be things that I needed to get done, papers, and I say I'm a thoughtful procrastinator. And what I mean by that is even though I'm not doing it, I'm thinking about it. And it's not when I sit down, it's not the first time it's running through my mind. I'm constantly processing what needs to be done. So when I actually put my mind to it to sit down, it's not the first time. But when you put things off, when you procrastinate, you're giving up your time, you're giving up resources, Because now what could have been done, you're having to do it now. And with that, just the structure that was needed for this this young boy and just growing up and understanding that just the world is bigger than what he knows. Him trying to form a relationship with his father who hasn't really been present in his life. And you get that. And he's introduced to a whole new community of black cowboys and horses and everything that it takes to be successful when you're having to take care of an animal. But overall, I felt this was very well done. I think that such a unique story is something that we need to continuously push. We need to always have fresh voices Fresh stories, because that's one of the things that I hear a lot of times, like, why do we get Transformer 37? It's because that's what people will go see. And with Hollywood being a profit business, entertainment business, business being the operative word, they want to do things that are going to be good for business. But if we have stories like Concrete Cowboy that can come out, people will support and just be receptive to these new stories and these new voices. I think that we will get more and more independent projects and new voices to be able to tell these stories. But overall, I think that everybody did a great job. And also a really unique thing about this was that they used some of the real life Fletcher Street writers in the film. and. When I saw that, I actually heard it, and then I was reminded after the film concluded, It was it's one of those things that can be hit or miss. When you get individuals that aren't really trained actors, it's kind of a mixed bag, because sometimes people are going to do well, and sometimes they're not going to do so well. But with this, they did an absolutely phenomenal job, and just... Kudos to everybody that that was in this, this film because when you have something, you would think that it would be easy for you to, in essence, play yourself, but sometimes it always doesn't translate the best. They did an absolutely great job at telling this story and helping us understand that this isn't just something that was made up. This is real. This is something that's still going on. And I applaud them for being able to just tell this this really great story. So with that, I'm sliding Concrete Cowboy, which is rated R and has a running time of about an hour and 53 minutes. I'm sliding Concrete Cowboy as a full price next up is the new mutants and this is rated pg-13 and has a running time of about an hour and 34 minutes and this stars anya taylor joy Maisie williams charlie heaton blue hunt henry zaga and alice braga and this was titled and presented as the 13th x-men film and this was one of those films that Got pushed back due to COVID. And when it first came out, I was like, "Uh, not really sure where they were going or what it was about. So I was intrigued because, you know, when teasers do that, um, I'm hooked. I want to see where it's going to go. And then I ended up watching it, and it was about a young girl with unrealized mutant powers. And she's brought to a facility that was strictly dedicated to monitoring other kids with mutant abilities and when i saw that i was like okay I'm, I'm following it but this was a very different movie because it wasn't your classic x-men type marvel film it was unique in the fact that this was more of a thriller and more of a sci-fi film and when you have that mix you kind of have to walk a fine line in some cases because just the Marvel Universe fans, they are some of the most passionate. And with that, they're almost expecting a certain thing. I will say they will enjoy other type films. I know something that was different was Ant-Man and then also Deadpool Just these different characters, but it's just something that the Marvel fans have gotten used to, but they're open to new stories, but it's just, again, walking that fine line because they have this this really great expectation. With the new mutants, I found it to be a little bit formulaic, and they just had those, those kind of, I want to call it Saved by the Bell type characters because they had the teenager that was emo, you had one that was snobby, you had one that was really attitudinal, one was friendly but cautious, and then you had the new person. And when you say that, it's checking those boxes. When you're writing or you're you're putting a project together and you have that, it just didn't seem as if it was very cohesive with the telling of the, the different kids. And so with that, I was a little disappointed with that, but I will say that it did have great special effects and then also it had a really great message from start to finish. So even with that little bit of that little, little bit of thing going on with the the characters being a bit formulaic i will say that it was entertaining and had a, a really great message and great special effects as well so with that i'm slotting the new mutants which is rated pg-13 and has a running time of about an hour and 34 minutes i'm sliding the new mutants as a matinee that wraps up the movies, but next up is The Circle, season two, which is rated TVMA, and so Circle kinda came out of nowhere. It was on Netflix, and just kind of just shot out of a cannon. I watched the first season, very different concepts, so what they do is they bring these individuals into what looks like an apartment complex, And so they're in separate apartments, and the only way that they can communicate is through the circle. And so the circle is a social media platform, and they have the choice of either being themselves or they can be a catfish. So you don't hear voices, you don't talk on the phone, it's just strictly through this platform, the circle. And so with that, you get all sorts of characters. You get people that want to be themselves, and you have other people that don't want to be themselves, but it's just a social game. And I'm, as I've been a fan of reality television for such a long time, I really, I'm so fascinated by these social experiments. I'm interested and fascinated with how people interact, why people do some of the things that they do, and with all of that, it's so entertaining, one, but two, it pulls me in because you just see some people just really either don't want to play the game or they're really not sure how to play the game. And I will say that when you're in a social setting, whether it be Big Brother, the real world, any, even if it's in actual real life, it's one of those things that you have to really be mindful of your interactions with other people and how you're coming across. Definitely be authentic and definitely be genuine, but it's one of those things, not even but, it's one of those things that you just have to be mindful of the connections that you're making because in the circle, it got real crazy out the gate. Because there were two contestants that weren't getting along and they weren't getting along early and they started coming for each other. And then after they started coming for each other, it turned the other players off and other people in the circle off. So that's a thing that you have to be mindful of is, you know, temper your emotions. You can, again, be genuine. But if you come out like a bull in a china shop It's usually not going to end up well. But I will say that The Circle Season 2 has made some adjustments to what they're doing and to the game and is making the game even more exciting. I will say, full disclosure, when I first watched it, I don't know if it was because I was tired or I wasn't really paying attention. But I kind of got down when I first watched the first episode or two because they're released in four episode blocks so Netflix released the first four episodes and the second four episodes I was like I'm not really sure if I'm liking season two all that much so I was a little disappointed and then I was like I need to watch it again so I started it over Watched it, and I was like, I don't know what I was thinking. This is so entertaining. The new players, I think some of the players aren't as over the top as the first season. They still have some of that. But this season seems a bit more authentic, even though it's still very entertaining and some of the players are a little over the top. It's just not so much. But I'm definitely enjoying watching the circle season, two. And I can't wait to see what happens because there's lots of twists and turns. There might be some catfish going on. Just all of these different dynamics. And you really get to see how people are coming off. And also a really good note is also another really good note about the show. When a player gets kicked off or they call them getting blocked, they have a chance, one, to visit someone that they've been interacting with from the circle, and they have the ability to leave a video message. So then you get to see, was this person real? Were they a catfish? Just all of these different things. And I think that's a a really good twist to the show. And that was one of the things they did last season as well. And so with that, I'm sliding the circle season two, which is rated TVMA. I'm sliding it as a full rice that wraps up all of the movies and television shows but i have the oscar preview and this is for the 2021 oscars which is an extremely exciting time for me it feels it feels like christmas in april and i can't wait to watch the oscars and i'm gonna give you some of my picks and so with the Oscars, it being a different time and for all of us, but definitely for how movies were released, it just, they still brought quality films and quality movies. And I just, I didn't have any doubt that was going to happen, but it was just a really, really good season of films and of course you have some snubs whether it be gina king for best director for one night in miami you just have you there's always going to be snubs but with this i think that i've always enjoyed the oscars even if i had only seen one or two films that were nominated i just have always been fascinated by it and so with this particular year they have great films nominated. And well, let's just dive into it. So, for Best Picture, it is The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomad Land, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Full disclosure, I still have not seen Minari or The Father. Still have to watch them. So I'm six out of eight. But I'm going to say if I really have to pick. Because Judas and the Black Messiah is something that really changed me. And I don't want to pick based on emotion. I want to pick on just... Straight up and down, because also another really good film is promising young woman, but if I have to pick sound of metal is also good these are this is a really this is gonna be a really hard category to pick, but if I have to make a choice, I'm going to go with also nomadland just all of these films I know they say it, and it's it's not the cliche thing to say when I'm saying it. But these really are great nominees in this Best Picture category. I'm going to go with with Judas and the Black Messiah. It's just by the slimmest of margins because it's just really such a great film. And all of the films are great. But I'm going to go with Judas and the Black Messiah for Best Picture. For directing, Thomas Vinterberg, Another Round. David Fincher, Mank, Lee Isaac Chung, Minari, Chloe Zhao, Nomadland, Emerald Fennell, Promising Young Woman. I've seen All But Another Round, which I'm going to see, and Minari. But with this, I'm going to go with Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. Just a, a really different take on... A story that, again, really needs to be told because I reviewed Promising Young Woman here. I think, not I think, I know that the way that it felt to me was that this was a film about women's empowerment and taking back control. And I really enjoyed Promising Young Woman. So I'm going to go with Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. For actress in a leading role, Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andra Day, The United States versus Billy Holiday, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand, Nomadland, and Carey Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. I've seen all but Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. So I'm going to go with... I'm gonna go with Andra Day with the United States versus Billie Holiday. Just a, it's a very powerful performance, and for her to come out the gate in her acting debut and just do such a great job. Next is actor in a leading role: Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal; Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom; Anthony Hopkins, The Father; Gary Oldman, Mank. Or Steven Yeun, Minari. I really, really enjoyed Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal. But I, something's telling me I think they're going to go with Chadwick Boseman in this posthumous Oscar and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I think they're going to do that. Next actress in a supporting role, Maria Bakalova, Borat's subsequent movie film, Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman, The Father, Amanda Seyfried, Mank, Yoon Jun Yoon, Minari. I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy. I'm going to go with that. Next is actor in a supporting role, Sasha Baron Cohen, The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami, Paul Racy, Sound of Metal, Lakeith Stanfield, Judas and the Black Messiah. I'm going to go with Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah. Just really great performance as Fred Hampton, the leader of the Chicago chapter of the Black Panther Party. Great performances from everybody. But I'm going to go with Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah. Lastly, I will go with original screenplay. And this was Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. And I actually started reading Promising Young Woman just to see what the similarities were, what was translated from screenplay to screen. And uh, I'm going to go with Promising Young Woman. Still, all of these really great categories. I could definitely see Judas and the Black Messiah. Definitely see The Trial of the Chicago 7. But I'm going to go with Promising Young Woman for original screenplay. So those are just some of the many categories that will be giving out awards on Sunday, April 25th. And just one of those things where I just really enjoy the Oscars, I enjoy the anticipation, I just enjoy just the whole process of of seeing because some of these creators, this is just the pinnacle of creating because you're getting recognized by your peers by the industry, and it's just a really, really great time. So I'm looking forward to that, and I can't wait to see who wins. Now that I've taken care of that, I have to leave you with the message of the week. But before I do that, you know what you got to do for me. Make sure you log on to sayeffit.com. Send me an email, Scott at sayeffit.com. Find me on all social platforms, sayeffit, S-A-Y-E-F-F-I-T. And if you get your audio on demand or your podcast from pretty much anywhere, sayeffit is there. Like me, find me, subscribe to me so you do not miss an episode. Now that I've taken care of that, it is now time for the message of the week. Strength in relationships is dependent upon trust. Being able to know that someone is going to be present when you turn to them allows you to be yourself and grow. That was the message of the week. This is the Say F It podcast, episode 138. That's right, 138. I'm Gary Scott. As always, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Tune into the Oscars. Let me know what you think. And until next time, you know what you gotta do say 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 effort